Hello, hello, hello. How's everyone doing today, tonight, this afternoon? I trust well. Here we sit. Another, another great day. As you can tell today, election day, another election day, you know, Georgia race. The one thing I that drives me crazy is, as a person who lived in Georgia pretty much all my life until I left, you know, Georgia's a red state. And so when I would vote, you know, it was like, eh, you know, this state's really not going to have a big purpose in the election. And so I would, I would envy the other states because, you know, their voting in their states meant more. You know, the power meant more. Your vote meant more. It went a lot longer. And when I moved out of the state, I moved to Colorado. Now I sit in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, it had some, you know, my vote, I felt my vote had some sway. But today, of all days, I feel like if you live in Georgia, your vote has sway. Your vote has power. Right now, you control Joe Biden's agenda. You control his path forward. Is he going to have a presidency where he can get things done? Dreams, passions done? Or is he going to have a presidency where he has to deal with Mitch McConnell in gridlock? Republicans who are lockstep and don't want to do anything that benefits Joe Biden. The one thing you hear since Joe Biden was elected that he can work with Mitch McConnell. Him and Mitch McConnell were friends. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I listened to that. And in my opinion, I think Mitch McConnell only thinks about Mitch McConnell. I think it's a game. And people compare him to Johnson. True, but Johnson actually wanted to get things done. I feel Mitch McConnell doesn't. And, and, and I heard someone say today, and it's very true, Harry Reid was the same way Mitch McConnell was, which is very true he was. Legislation went on the desk to die. You know, if you're the opposite party in the House and, you know, why am I going to help you get your agenda passed? But I, I, to me, that's what drives me crazy. And I think that's what drives people crazy. Why would you want to vote for somebody where nothing happens? Half of me says, you know, having the two Senate seats end up in Republican hands could be a good thing for Joe Biden. It could delay, you know, the left going too far, overstepping their bounds, as people say. And we see a left go so far where it's unrecognizable that by 2022, you have a, like a quick whiplash back to the other side, which would not be good for Joe Biden's last two years and would be a very hard setup for 2024. You know, but having an opposite, but having a party that is willing to work with you. You know, compromise, compromise. 
compromise. That's what we want. And that's what we need to see. I'm tired of a government I feel it does not work for me. I'm tired of a president having to feel that he has to do executive orders to get anything done. And then when the next guy comes in, he just reverses what the last guy did. Let's put legislation pen to paper, up and down vote. That's all we are asking for. Is that too hard? Do your job. We elect people to do the hard jobs. That's why you are in Washington. And that's why I'm here in Wisconsin. You don't have to like what you do. And if you don't like it, don't run. Step aside. Let somebody who's willing to do the fighting, do the legislating, step forward. You know, Joe Biden's got big dreams, big ideals. But I also know Democrats can go so far. I also know in my heart of hearts that if Democrats win the two Senate seats tonight, you're going to have the left expecting. They're going to be expecting what you promised. And if you do not deliver, they will not show up in 2022. The left was promised a lot. Minimum wage, health care, infrastructure. Joe Biden promised he wanted to build back better and he needs the two Democrats to help him do that. His message, closing message was, Mitch McConnell would not give you the $2,000, but I will. Elect Warnoff and Ossoff and you will get the $2,000 checks that the Republicans refuse to give you. That's a bold message. That is. I think if it was me, Joe Biden, his first piece of legislation that he should push through the Congress should be a COVID relief bill. It should be another one. But this time it should be focused on the states. If I was Joe Biden, the way you do it, you go to the governors of all 50 states, Republican, Democrat. They're all going to be hurting. They all do not have the money they need. And you promise them $100 billion grant money, $2 billion per state. And you have them on the front, on the White House lawn, standing behind you and pushing it. And if states don't want to take the money, having the legislation that the money goes somewhere else to benefit people, businesses that are struggling during COVID. Two billion. To, but they have to pay it back. That's the one argument Republicans make. They make the argument that it's just Democratic states that are struggling and they're going to fill these these gaps that they've created and pension promises. Yes, they probably will fill some. But guess what? Let them know that if they take the $2 billion, it's not a giveaway. They've got to pay it back. They've got to pay it back. It's a small loan. 
but the money is there for the states, red or blue. And that is what Joe Biden needs to do. If the, if the Republicans win tonight, Joe Biden should call Mitch McConnell and say, let's work together. Let's do things for the American people. I'm not going to get everything I want. You might not get everything you want, but let's govern for the American people. It can't be that hard. It should not be that hard. We need a government that people feels have their back. And right now, I can tell you people do not feel that way. For four years, we had a president that only spoke to one half of the country, but he didn't speak to the other half. And you had people feel that. They felt left out in the cold. Trump came in and said he wanted to talk to the forgotten man. But at the same time, he forgot the other man. We need to come together. This country is 244 years old. And if we cannot fix the issues, if we cannot be one, we might become what Rome was. Rome collapsed from within. And we might mm. do the same. What a, a buddy of mine asked me today, Mark, what are you hoping for? Who are you hoping with? I'm hoping that the American people win. He said, well, Mark, you're from Georgia. I, I said, yes, I am from Georgia. And like I said, I'm, I'm persuaded and upset that my vote when I lived in Georgia really didn't matter because I lived in a state that was going to go one way no matter who I voted for. But now Georgia has the power. It's, it's amazing. You've got four candidates, you got a preacher, you got a guy who he's run for some stuff, but actually has a shot this time. You've got Purdue, who I, I feel per, people said Purdue, Purdue has a record, but Purdue would not show up at a debate. He, to me, that was a sign of a man who felt, I'm too good for this. When you run for office and you have to speak to the American people, your constituents, the people that put you there, you they are owed your presence. They are owed your presence. You are not too good for them. They are too good for you. And the moment a politician realizes he does not need the people who voted for him, he needs to go. He needs to go. My buddy asked me about the worn off his ex-wife with the tape. And I said, you know what? It's always funny. It's always funny to me with anybody, red, blue, independent, celebrity, non-celebrity, when 
something good's about to happen to you, and out of nowhere, somebody pops up and just starts talking about, well, he did this 10 years ago, and where were you during the election? Why are you coming now? It's just fishy to me. It smells bad. And I feel like when people come at the wrong time, it takes away the sting of the argument that you're trying to place. If you had an issue with Warnoff, I would tell his wife, why didn't you come in September this summer? Why didn't you argue then? Why now? Why now? Your argument rings hollow. It rings like someone went to you and said, make an argument to make this guy look bad because we are scared. When I look at Stacey Loeffler, I see a woman that's a shell. She, I don't feel warmth. I see an empty pants suit. Do we want an empty pants suit? Do we want a woman that has, to me, Phil can't think for herself? And I'm not being sexist because I feel you need more women in government. But she, to me, does not feel like she speaks to the people of the state she's trying to represent. And I don't like that. And she would not get my vote. Right now, Georgia has a chance to chart a course for Joe Biden, either good or bad. And we could say bad, but maybe it's good. Because if you really had to think long term, if the Democrats win, if the Democrats win tonight, what you're really setting up and something that Republicans did, they overpromised year after year they could deliver and they disenfranchised their voters. You're really setting up something that could disenfranchise and hurt Joe Biden going forward in the midterm. Because when you promise your people stuff, people are going to say, okay, we got you the two senators. Now what? Are you going to come through now? Remember that argument? Now that I got you the presidency, Joe. What are you going to do with it? Joe, now that I got you to two senators, what are you going to do with it? We don't want to hear the crap that you don't have 60. We gave you the two. You said you just needed two to control. Though you're right, the House might get stuff done on a very tight margin. But guess what? Can the Senate? Are you going to have Republicans in the Senate dig in because they're no longer in the majority, they're in the minority? So they don't want to work with the other side. I think no matter what happens tonight, Joe Biden should call Mitch McConnell and say, I want to work with you. But do you want to work with me? Roll out the red carpet. Get, offer him a hand, and if he does not grab it or he slaps it away, show the American people this is what the Republican Party is. We want to work with them. We want to get stuff done. We don't want total party rule. We want American rule. Tonight, I want the American people to win.
if a Democrat wins, so be it. If a Republican be it, be, wins tonight, so be it. But I want the American people to win. You don't like, you don't have to like who wins tonight. Hell, you don't have to like who, who who's going to get certified tomorrow on the 6th. But please, please like the American people to win. Because the American people have not won in a long time. Special interests have won. The top 1% have won. People forget about the middle class as soon as the election is over. It's like they come in your hometown and they tell you how great you are. And as soon as everything has cleared up, people forget you. They don't think about you anymore. You're not important anymore. They don't need your vote anymore because they already got. We'll see you in four years. We'll see you in two. Why can't you see me now? Why can't you look at me in the eyes now? Tonight, I want the American people to win, and you should too. Tonight, Georgia has a chance to chart a course for the American people that is good, that gets stuff done, that makes it where both sides don't get everything they want, but they get something. Everybody has skin in the game, and that's what we want. We want everybody to have skin in the game. Skin in the game. That's what we want. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you a story. So Sunday, what did we find out? Donald Trump called the Secretary of State of Georgia, and he basically said, find me some votes. Find me some votes. I need just enough votes to win. To win one more. He said, find me 11,780 votes. Can anybody find me that? And he pushed back and he was defiant. And the first thing you heard people say, it made you think of the Ukraine call. Such a perfect call. And it did. But what it made me think of us, a crime boss. Yes, a crime boss. He was trying to shake down the Secretary of State of Georgia, a state I grew up in, and said, find me the votes. Make the dead rise again. Say you messed up. You recalculated. You know how bad that would make him look? You recalculated. And think about it. What if he went along with that? What if he was a weak man, weak Secretary of State? Think about it. The President of the United States, the most powerful man in the world, calls you and says, find me 11,780 votes. What would he have done? What do you think people would have done if he said, you know what? I recalculated. Actually, Donald Trump won the great state of Georgia. Wow. Can you imagine? You know what also made me think of when I heard that call? It made me think of 
it made me think of when I was young and I was dating a girl named Jessica. And after three years, Jessica dumped me. And I was on the phone with Jessica and I was like, please, Jessica, just give me another chance. I, I can be better than I was. Just, just, just give me another chance. We've been together for four years. Don't throw it away. Just give me a chance. Jessica, all I need is 11,780 votes. Give me a chance. To me, it shows who the president is. It's not a perfect phone call. To me, it's a corrupt phone call. And for people giving Donald Trump a pass, I say to myself, would you have given Obama a pass? Would you have given Hillary Clinton a pass? Think about it. Hillary Clinton lost. Lost. Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. What if she would have called the governor of Wisconsin? What if she would have called the governor of Michigan? What if she would have done the call the sec I mean the Secretary of State of these three states and said, find me the votes? Hillary Clinton lost by 7,500 electoral college votes. 7,500. That's the number that separated her from the presidency. You're telling me you would be okay with that. No, you wouldn't. And I think many Democrats would be appalled. They would be like, wait a minute, what? what? You have the nerve to call the governor, the, I mean, the secretary of state of these states and tell them, boss them around? It would draw into that narrative what people think of the Democratic Party. It would draw into that narrative of what people think of Hillary Clinton, how corrupt they think she is. You can't tell me that Donald Trump, what he was doing, was right, but then look me in the eye and tell me that if Hillary Clinton did it, you wouldn't go along. It's the same thing. It's a president who seems corrupt. This was not a perfect phone call. It's like the Ukraine phone call that got him impeached. And you might say, well, yeah, yeah, you're bringing up the impeachment. Yes, you know what? When I when I, I remember I was I was on my lunch break and I'm getting the new notification. And of course the media makes it one way. And so after a couple days go by, I read that one line that draws people in that say, wait a minute, this does not sound this doesn't sound good. I read to myself. Would you do me a favor, though? Would you do us a favor, though? And I said that phrase over and over in my head. And the more I said it, the more corrupt it sounded. I need you to do us a favor, though. Think about it. Brad, I need you to do us a favor, though. I mean, you've done everything we've asked for. But I need you to do us a favor though just re say that over and over in your head i need you to find me 11,780 votes this was the most corrupt election of our lifetime dominion is taking stuff out of the machines Dead people voted. People are talking about this. You know the one thing when I hear people bring up, and I have friends who I respect and I think the world of it who are very smart, and they tell me there was fraud. I said, where's the proof? 
I'm a person that need to see proof. You just can't. T That's like a buddy telling you he won the lottery. Okay, well, where's the proof? You got proof. All right, buddy's saying, you know, I'm I'm related to Brad Pitt. Okay, that's nice. Do you got proof? Proof sells to me. I'm a person. I need proof. I can't take word of mouth. If I was a Secretary of State, the president says, called me and said, Mark, I need you to find me eleven thousand seven hundred eighty votes. There's all this corruption. I'd say, well, Mr. President, where's the proof? You've lost sixty cases. You've gone to the courts. I have a friend that says he's going to provide the proof, the Electoral College votes. He's going to provide the vote, the proof. Why would you wait to after the Electoral College to provide the proof if you felt you were screwed over and you had the proof? Wouldn't you go to the courts now and show it? Wouldn't you provide the proof? Why would you be sitting on? The proof. What good does it do you to say the election was rigged? That there's all this proof out there, but you can't provide it. To me, that is just hearsay. You know, a, a legal term, hearsay. You know, that's no different than me telling you I saw people. You know, on election day, as I was standing in line, you know, swapping out a, a machines, or when I went in there, there was a guy who quickly swapped out a machine, or when I went in there, there was a guy who, before after every person would vote, would before he the person would say don't close out, would go behind them and do something on the screen real, real quick, and he would hit the close out button. What do you mean, Betty would say? What are you doing? Oh, oh, work. We have to do something. Was because of COVID, so don't close out. Why? I need my vote recorded. Oh, we'll take care of that. I mean, I saw it. Oh, I didn't see it. Someone told me they saw it. I don't have proof, but I heard it from somebody. I, 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 I heard, I heard it. You know, everybody's talking about it. That's hearsay. What the president did on Sunday proves who he is. Here's a guy I've realized who's gotten everything he's ever wanted in his life. Think about it. He's got everything he's ever wanted in his life. His whole life, people have said, you're the best thing since sliced bread. We love you, Donald. There's no one else like you, Donald. He's never lost. He's always won. And on the world stage, the biggest stage, he lost. There has to be fraud. There's no way I can lose. I had crowds. People loved me. There's no way I lost. The hardest thing in the world is to accept when bad things happen to you. The hardest thing in the world is to go on when you feel like everything you've ever fought for is slipping away. Democracy is not slipping away. Democracy is here to stay.
You have to believe in the process. If you believe the election was rigged because your guy did not win, ask yourself why. Did you question it in 2016 when Donald Trump won? When there was actual people saying there might have been some hanky-panky with Russia? Or did you say, no, there wasn't. My guy just won because he's that good. You didn't buy into it then, but you wanted us to buy into it now. You can't have it both ways. You can't say something funny did not happen when Donald Trump won, but it didn't happen now because he lost. It happened now because he lost. Do I feel like something happened? Yeah, I feel like there was some funny information going on to trick people. But my philosophy on the whole Russia, Russia investigation or the Russia Facebook shit is people just did not go to reputable news sources and are easily swayed by fake news. Think of it if you read something. That, you know how I would do it? If I go to a newspaper, the newspaper does not look credible. New York Times, Washington Post. Now it doesn't have something that I, I'm familiar with, and it's a third world paper. I don't give it the time or the light of day. I focus on information. Or if I read a story that I'm fishy about, I research it more to find somebody credible to back it up. And people just didn't do that. They got their information on Facebook. And they allowed themselves to be misled. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't be misled. Because look where being misled led us. The election wasn't rigged. What Donald Trump did was wrong. And we have to be willing to accept that. I, I, I just, I know it's not hard easy and i know it's hard you know the one thing i heard in that phone call and someone also brought up donald trump sounds scared he sounded now when i say he sounded he sounded depleted he sounded like a man that knows that the ride is coming to an end the one thing I've kept saying, and it makes me wonder, why are we not afraid of a man who cannot give up power? You know, in 08, people are saying George Bush was going to call martial law. I didn't buy it. 2016, Obama's going to call martial law. I didn't buy it. But Trump, I bought. I sensed it. I felt it. And what has he shown us? That he will do anything to remain in power. And if you're okay with that, maybe you need to live in a country where there's a king and there are dictators and people love being led by those people where they don't have freedom of choice. They don't have the right to talk about their leaders in a way that's not flattering. I want to live in a country where we have a peaceful transfer of power, where we have presidents come and go, and we don't have someone that's saying, I will not leave. 
you know, I, I listen to a lot of talk radio. I read a lot. And the one thing I thought about, and then someone said on something I was listening to, there has to be more calls. There just can't be one of one. Then the then someone said, well, maybe it's just this one, and he's trying to get this one to fall because if this one falls, he can he can start the narrative. They both make good sense, but I want to go with the belief that there's more than one call. This is just the only call that got out. This is the only person that wasn't scared by Donald Trump. This was the one person that saw through Donald Trump, saw that he was not as big and bad as he has led people to believe he is. Donald Trump is just a scared little boy who's hurt 77 Wait, 74 years of his life, he's never had to lose. He's always won. He's always been a winner. And to lose on this stage to a man you don't respect has to be just the kick in the hay. You have to feel it. Many people are saying they think Donald Trump actually believes his lies. You know what? I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I think he knows what he's doing. And for people to constantly give this man the benefit of the doubt, oh, he doesn't know. Oh, he doesn't know. We have to. The man's 74 years old. He ran for president of the United States. He's got to know something. And if you keep telling me he does not know, why the fuck did you vote for him? Why the hell would you vote for the village idiot? I want to vote for somebody that knows where the bathroom is on day one, that does not need a training manual. You don't have to like the person that wins, but respect them. Joe Biden's a good man. Has he done stuff wrong? Yes, we've all have. But guess what? He won the race. I, you know, we say, you know, he won by seven. Yeah, he won by seven million people. Eighty. I think it was 81 million votes. But a good chunk of that was people turning their back on Donald Trump and saying, no more. I'm tired. No more. I cannot continue to put up with the bullying, the tweeting, just this bravado he tries to give off. No more. It's like eating the worst meal of your life. And when it comes to that last bite, you push the plate away. There's a movie with Denzel Washington. It's called Flight. Very good movie. And at the end of the movie, you know, after he's lied his way on everything and he's about to get away with it, he's sitting down and they show him a picture. I don't want to, hopefully you've seen the movie. They showed him a picture of this young lady, flight attendant, he was having an affair with. And they asked him, were you drinking 
or had you been drinking before you took that flight? And, and he had to just answer this last question. And he would have been scot-free. And he said he just could not lie anymore. He had had his fill. Ladies and gentlemen, the American people had their fill. They could not do it anymore. Donald Trump could have won this election. Donald Trump could have won this election. He did not have to make that phone call. But he played it all wrong. He thought he could win based off results of 2016. Lightning does not strike twice. It doesn't strike twice in the same spot. But God tells us he puts people in places at the right moment. At the mo right moment, we needed Donald Trump in 2016. At the right moment right now, we need Joe Biden. I honestly believe that. If, Joe, if Donald Trump would have won the election, my friend wouldn't have been happy. But guess what? He would have accepted it. He would have said, you know what, Mark? I don't like it that Donald Trump won, but guess what? I accept the fact that he did. He would have said, my life's not going to change. I'm still got a job. I'm going to get up and go to work every single day, and that'll be it. And my buddy would have looked. He would have said, you know what? He might have lost, but Democrats will pick up, will keep the Congress for three more years. And my friend's a big person. He struggled with it in 2016. He was very depressed. He told me, you know, I couldn't even watch the news for days. But slowly I came back. Ladies and gentlemen, slowly you have to come to the realization. And I think slowly that's what Donald Trump's going to have to do. Calling an official and begging him to find you votes that don't exist only makes you look weak. Having that official push back on you shows that your power is slowly fading. We are near the end of what some people call a nightmare. I call it we're near the end of the term of the 45th President of the United States. We are headed to a new era of officials that have the experience that Donald Trump did and his team didn't have. People who won't tweet every day, that won't bully us every day, who, when their wife comes out with a campaign about be best and online bullying, people don't call it out as bullshit. 
if you're going to tell me to be best, maybe start at home. We are at a time when people can look to the president and look with a smile on their face. You don't have to like everything about Joe Biden. You don't. But he won the election. You don't have to like Joe Biden. But he won the election. He is a man that's been in public service his whole life. Has dedicated his life to me and you. You don't have to like Joe Biden. But you have to give him some respect. He served us. He never made money in the Senate. His money, his wealth was enriched in the people he helped as his time as a senator of Delaware. Now, I'm not advocating for Joe Biden, but I'm telling you, he's a man, he's a servant, and that's what we need. Donald Trump was a man who came from the business world and served himself. He enriched himself. And he, I feel like he just could not make the switch. He never had to answer to a board. He was always his own man. And look where it caught up to him. On a phone. On a Sunday morning. Threatening the Secretary of State of Georgia, telling him to find you 11,780 votes that do not exist. If you can look me in the eye with a straight face and tell me that you would be okay with, with Barack Obama doing this, That you would be okay with Hillary Clinton doing this? Know why you cannot do that? Because you wouldn't be okay. You would have heard that call and you would have been more appalled. You would have been calling for that individual's head. You would have said, how dare they feel like they could call and demand something that does not exist. It sounds like a mob boss. And the way he did it was so just brazen. Makes you wonder how many calls he's made that in his lifetime. How many times has he leaned on individuals who were not of his stature, who just caved because they did not know what else to do? Ladies and gentlemen, the American people cannot cave. The Secretary of State of Georgia did not cave. 
he stood up to Donald Trump and he said, Mr. President, your numbers are wrong. Your calculations, you might want to go back and redo the math on what you're trying to tell me because it does not exist. How many times have we been there in school? Show your work. Donald, show me where you got your answer. And I will show you the correct answer. What we saw was a man who tried to disenfranchise the people of Georgia because he did not like how they voted. If you're a Republican tonight, are you a Republican and you saw what happened in Georgia? You might want to look over your shoulder. You might want to change what happened. Because if it could happen to Donald, it can happen to you. Look how he's attacking the governor of Georgia, who's been nothing but loyal to him. And Brian Kemp, it might now cost him his reelection. You see, when you placate or you play to someone's ego, it eventually catches up to you. And what I'm seeing and what people are seeing is that they just cannot do it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at a time where we have a president who people feel is out of touch, has lost his mind, who calls officials and begs for things that don't exist or can't happen. What I saw and what I heard was a man that knows he lost. He knows in a few days he will no longer be the most powerful man of the free world. He knows that the ride is coming to an end. I refuse to give Donald Trump the benefit of the doubt. He's 72 years old. He took a job. He should have read the job description. And if not, maybe he doesn't deserve the job. He lost. He has to accept it. We have to accept it. Don't try to tell the people of Georgia that their votes don't count because you don't like how they voted. Don't tell the people of Georgia that you're just gonna throw their votes away because you can't stand them. How many girls wanted to throw me away? Or I wanted to throw away? Who told me no and I had to accept it? Acceptance is hard. It's never easy. I told a buddy the other day, you know who got more screwed out of an election? Richard Nixon, 1960. There was actual evidence and people questioned a voter fraud. His old team said, sir, you need to question this. But as bad as history tells us Richard Nixon was in 1970, 
He knew in 1960 that the presidency was bigger than him. He knew that to question what happened would start a death spiral until what people thought of democracy and elections. And he knew he had to do the right thing, so he stepped aside and he let John Kennedy become president. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to like the results like Richard Nixon. But guess what? The presidency is bigger than you, Donald Trump. It's bigger than me. And when they put us in the ground, me in the ground, the president in the ground, the presidency will still remain. 44 people have held that office. I know I've been saying 45, but when you think of Grover Cleveland, 44 people have held that office. And they've held it with dignity. It is time for Donald Trump to do the same. The time has come. No more calls. No more calls. Slowly fade into the background. Step off the world stage. Let Joe Biden be the transitional figure that he is. He's a servant. Let him serve us one last time. 81 million people came out and voted. Not all for Joe Biden, but as a rebuke for Donald Trump. Let us do it one more time. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, 144 people in the House, 12 senators, I think it's 13 now, will question the election. They've got a gun to Mike Pence's head. They've got a gun to the vice president's head, and they're telling him, you need to do the right thing, and when it happens, you need to call Donald Trump, the next president of the United States. Think about that. Think about what I just talked about a few minutes ago. Imagine being Richard Nixon and you're standing there and you have to open the count. <clears throat> Think about being Al Gore. Think about being Dan Quayle. And you have to open the count and say, you didn't win. The other guy did. Can you imagine standing there and having to do that? Yeah, it's ceremonial, but you were in. And you have to call the election for the other guy. Republicans are saying he can do it. He has the power. The question I would say, okay, if he had the power, what about Hillary Clinton? Joe Biden could have did this for Hillary Clinton. If you're okay with that being the new norm, would you have been okay with it if Hillary Clinton would have said, if Joe Biden would have said, you know what? There's a lot of fishiness in this election. I'm going to make Hillary Clinton just the president of the United States. You're okay with that, right? 
Because that's what you're saying. That's what these people are asking for. There's fishiness going around. 144 House members, 13 senators are all questioned the certification of states. You're setting a dangerous precedent. And of course, people say, well, it happened in 05 and it happened in 2000. Yes, but that still does not make it right. We should not question our elected officials should not question the authenticity of an election. Know why? Because you just have people who start to disbelieve the process just to believe that my vote doesn't count. It'll be rigged. I don't trust the process. You should trust the process. The media has been calling elections for how long? The Electoral College meets every four years and certifies the election. January 6th, the, the new Congress meets. This has been going on for as long as I can remember, but this time we say no. We cannot accept it. And why? Because your guy did not win. So you put a gun to the vice president's head and you say you need to do the right thing. The right thing is to call Joe Biden the next president of the United States. The right thing is not to say Donald Trump won when you know he did not. Because the moment we say it's okay to say the loser won because we don't like who actually won, We've just lost ourselves as a country. We have said we no longer want to be the rulers of the free world. We're electing a king and we're letting him sit on a crown. We might as well make Donald Trump president for life. Because in my mind, there'll never be another election. People won't care to vote. Because you have just said their votes don't count anyway. They never really counted. Donald Trump is now your president. He's your king. He's not going anywhere. His family is now the new monarch. That is what you're telling me, and that is what you're telling the rest of the world. My only advice would be that you allow the people who do not agree with this to leave the country, because I would be one of those people to pack up and leave. I don't want to live in a country where you write a constitution, and it's been amended over the couple over the years, but say it doesn't matter now because I don't agree with it. I don't agree with the process, even though it's in the constitution. Don't tell me that you care about the constitution when you're not going to follow the constitution. When you tell me that, you know. I, I, I'm hearing things. I, I just don't agree with what happened on Tuesday, November 3rd. What don't you agree with? You, you see, I'm a strong believer that we should nationalize elections. But the way the process is, is wrote is every election is run by their state, and their state runs elections differently. Now, if you're one to say we should nationalize elections, I'm all for that. I'll be the first to say we should do that. Put that in the Constitution. 
Let's have an election commission. But the funny thing is that when your guy won, you didn't want to have an election commission. You questioned every time someone said, maybe we need to investigate this Russia thing. No, no, no. Donald, you're just trying to make Donald Trump the illegitimate president. Wasn't that what you're trying to do for Joe Biden? You see, you can't have it both ways. And that's what I just don't like. Joe, I mean, Joe Biden won. You don't have to like it. Hell, my buddy didn't like Donald Trump won it, but guess what? He respected the process. And he lived to fight another day. If you cannot respect the process, what can you respect? What can you respect? The Vice President Mike Pence just needs to sit there and call the count for Joe Biden. You have to do things when others are pushing you to do things that are wrong. You have to be willing to do the right things. This could cost Mike Pence the presidency in 2024, which I didn't think he, he ever had a shot, but this could cost him the nomination. Think about it. He could call, he could lose the nomination over this. But you have to be willing to do the right things. I think Mike Pence knows what he has to do. I think Mike Pence knows what the right thing to do is. I just think the people around him don't want him to do the right thing. They want him to play the sick game. Or when he opens the ballot, he calls electors for Donald Trump, not Joe Biden. He wants to hurt the process. In doing so, he knows, and I know, the moment you go down that road, you cannot undo it. You might as well just close up shop and say America has died. 244 years, she could go no longer. And then say goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, we cannot go down that road. We are better than that. You are better than that. And I honestly feel like the vice president, Mike Pence, is better than that. 144 House Republicans, 13 senators will question the results of tomorrow's certification. We can't go down this road or continue to question elections. We have to be willing to accept things we don't agree with, we don't believe in. Because if not, the next election, or this election, might be our last. This is the highest turnout in 100 years. Let's continue that trend. Because when people vote, we win. When people stop voting, we lose. And I don't want to lose. I want to win. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, please, if you like the content, please subscribe, share. It's been a pleasure once again. Congratulations, Joe Biden. Tomorrow you will get certified. Hopefully, tonight, the American people win. John Isoff, Reverend Warnock, Purdue, Loeffler.
Georgia runoff. Hey, we can win. Can we? Have a good night.